Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now for our story. The lobby of the Vista Del Mar Hotel in Miami Beach was spacious and cool, luxuriant with the green foliage of potted tropical plants. It was a wide thoroughfare through which flowed a constant stream of smartly dressed men and women. Occasionally, a spurt of bright, empty laughter rose and fell quickly, punctuating the steady hum of voices. In a little alcove near the windows, a young woman sat smoking nervously while she looked with a searching, anxious expression into the face of each person who passed. Suddenly, she tamped out her cigarette in an ashtray, rose hurriedly, and intercepted a tall, handsome man who was heading for the outer entrance. Paul. Hello, Kit. Is that all you have to say? Just, hello? Aren't you surprised to see me? Not in the least, Kit. When I got this series of messages demanding that I call a certain Karen Cummings, I knew at once it was you. That's not very subtle, you know. K.C. Kit Calvert becomes Karen Cummings. Did you think I'd be fooled so easily? Oh, so you did get my messages. Certainly. But you chose to ignore them. Why, Paul? (laughs) I should think that would be obvious. Perhaps it should have been. I'm afraid, though, I've lost the gift of distinguishing the obvious from the obscure. Paul, do let's sit down somewhere. I, I have to talk to you. Frankly, Kit, there's not much point to our talking about anything. I'm surprised at you. You used to be disagreeable sometimes, but you were never ungracious, Paul. You mean I used to be disagreeable in a gracious sort of way, and now I'm simply disagreeable in a disagreeable sort of way. Hmm? Well, perhaps you're right about that. In fact, I might go so oh, far as to say... Oh, do at least say... come and sit down, Paul. You can do that much. All right, Kit. But believe me, you're wasting your time. Perhaps I am. We'll see. All right, Kit, here we are. Well, you needn't be so grim about it. Grim? No, I'm not grim. Just detached, impersonal, and bored, Kit. In fact, quite bored. If you persist in behaving like this, Paul, you'll make it very difficult for me. Well, I warned you. I suppose you want me to ask you questions, what you're doing here and so forth. But I know what you're doing here, Kit. I've read the papers. And that little affair of yours in Huntsville made the front page. It's been rather a dull season for lurid copy. 
Of course, you were crowded off in the next edition by murder, but... Anyway, I know all about the payoff to that pleasant little intrigue we cooked up together. And I must say, I owe you a vote of thanks. You do? Oh, definitely. If you hadn't brushed me off in your charming way, I might have been caught up in it myself. As it was, I read the account of Lisa's turning up, her triumphant exit with her child and husband, with the polite interest of an innocent bystander. A bystander, maybe. But not too innocent, Paul. Well, I'm quite willing to confess I don't feel too proud of my share in the original proceedings there in Malibu. But in comparison with you, my sweet, I'm pure as the driven snow. And I intend to stay that way. Meaning what? That I intend to keep my fingers out of other people's lives from now on. I see. You know, Kit, that might be a good precept for you to follow. In fact, I recommend it. Don't worry, my boy. I haven't the least intention of involving myself in anyone else's life. At present, my chief concern is to try and salvage what's left of my own. That's one reason I came to see you. If that's the case, you've come to the wrong person, my dear. You ought to have known that. Should I, Paul? I wonder about that. Perhaps you've forgotten a few things I still remember. No. No, I don't think I have. If you're referring to some rather thoughtless declarations I made in the past, concerning my feelings for you, I remember them well enough. But that's in the long dead and buried past, Kit. I see. Surely you're not surprised. <laughs> no. No, I'm not surprised. I know better than to expect to find loyalty anywhere. Loyalty? I'm amazed you dare to mention the word that anyone capable of such duplicity, such absolute ruthless savagery toward another person, good Lord, Kit, if I were you, I'd delete the word loyalty from my vocabulary. Now, Paul, I hope you're enjoying yourself. You can believe me, I'm not. I find this whole discussion most distasteful. I rather thought you were having a fine time. All this vindictiveness, seeing me crawl. I expected a certain amount of it. It's one of the reasons I dared to come to you. I'm afraid I don't follow you. I knew you'd think it a bit brash of me to follow you here, considering how we parted. But I thought your vengeful streak would be more or less a help to me. You still haven't made yourself clear, Kit. Oh, for heaven's sake, Paul, you're being deliberately tense. You know perfectly well what I mean. Simply that the pleasure of seeing me at the bottom of the heap ought to gratify you so much you'd... you'd be willing to put up with me for a while. Oh? No, Kit, you overestimate my sadistic nature. I won't say I don't get a certain satisfaction finding you caught in your own web, but it's not enough to balance the fact that your company has lost all appeal for me. I see. By the way, kid, I don't mean to be unkind, but frankly, you're looking like the very devil. Yes, I know it. Well, you oughtn't to let yourself go like this. It's not like you. At least you've always managed to put up a good front. Well, call it moral disintegration. I might. If I weren't inclined to regard it as a possible play for sympathy. Although even that's unlike you. Maybe I've changed, Paul. I doubt it. Not even for the worst? Regardless. There's no sense in your looking like a hag. What difference does it make? Unless you intend it as a disguise. If so, I must say it's effective. I hardly recognized you. Which may be just as well. Have you seen the papers today? No. You know they're looking for you, though. No, yes, I know. That's why you're coming to a place like this seems doubly foolish. It's not what one would call a remote hideout. All the more reason they look for me somewhere else. 
And if they did trace me here, they'd hardly expect to find me living at Mrs. Brotherton's furnished rooming house, kitchen privileges of desire. Good Lord, don't tell me you're living there. In that dingy, brown-shingled place on St. George Street? Yes. Well, it seems to me you could have done better than that. Without making a reservation months in advance. Just try it sometime. And without luggage. Quite the little refugee, aren't you, kid? I imagine you expect all this to arouse the uh, protective instinct in me. I don't expect anything. Nothing at all. Oh, if only I didn't have this beastly headache. I've had it for days. Oh, come off it, Kit. Can't you ever stop putting on an act? It's, it's been so long since I could sleep. I keep going back over it all. Over and over it. The faces. Voices. Really, Kit, you're wasting this performance on me. Next week, East Lynn, eh? Surely you're not trying to give me the impression that you're tortured by your conscience. If you are, Kit, well, it won't wash, that's all. I know better. People like you go on and on, repeating the same pattern over and over. The same pattern. Maybe you're right. Ever since I was a child, it's always been the same. Oh, I get it now. You couldn't help yourself. Is that what you're trying to say? Some force outside yourself made you do what you did. You're the victim of your environment. Or some such rationalization. <laughs> you think that's a joke, don't you, Paul? Yes, Kit, I certainly do. If ever I knew a woman who was capable of looking out for herself, you're that woman. But perhaps you're wrong to be so skeptical, Paul. You believe Kit is making a play for sympathy, trying as she has so often in the past to trick you. But how would you feel if Kit's apparent disintegration is not a pretense? If you knew that for once in her life, Kit Calvert is desperately in earnest. That she feels her hold on reality slipping. The line between the past and present becoming more and more vague to her. And the ability to distinguish between actuality and fantasy, something she is struggling with less and less success to retain. <laughs> 